0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease and author of the book that shares the same name as this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it just takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me, success stories of people that have been through hard times, and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including stories about food allergies, acts of kindness, as well as how food can heal us during hard times. So if you like this episode, please check out our others, and do me a favor – Rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire many more people. And now for this episode, and it's a big one, our 40th episode. And I am so excited to introduce you to Karen Gould, a marriage and family therapist who runs her own private psychotherapy practice, Therapy for a Balanced Life. On this episode, Karen's going to share her framework for those going through any life transition. She is incredibly knowledgeable and means a lot to me as well. So please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello everyone. I am incredibly excited and honored to be here today with someone that is very special to me. Karen Gould has been a marriage and family therapist for over 30 years. She's also an art therapist and hosts frequent seminars on the six facets of a balanced life and on finding hope and staying sane. Karen founded and runs Therapy for a Balanced Life, her own private psychotherapy practice. Her goal is to help people cope with life's stressors, discover tools to develop and embrace relationships, and live a life they love with purpose, which is why she is here today. Karen is going to share her framework for those going through any transition, whether you're dealing with a new marriage or divorce, a new baby or a big one that's graduating, a loss of a family member, or even a loss of a job, or frankly, just dealing with what looks like post-COVID, what life looked like then, what life looks like now. We all go through transitions in life, and Karen is here to share how she guides people to take care of themselves and be whole. Now, I met Karen almost 40 years ago. I was eight years old. See, my family had recently moved from the East Coast out to Minnesota, and when we were invited to a family gathering in our neighboring state, Wisconsin, I couldn't wait to jump in the car and head to Milwaukee. I remember seeing her amongst our family, thinking, wow, she is so pretty. Now, keep in mind, I was eight years old. But I also thought, wow, she's always smiling. It wasn't just that I saw her smiling. When she came to talk to me, she had this kindness in her eyes, like she actually really wanted to be talking to me. So years later, when we reconnected, I wasn't surprised to hear that her life's work is to help people because I felt that connection and trust way back then. Karen, I am so honored to be related and I'm excited that we are back in touch and really in touch after all these years. I am yes, so- I
1: am too. It's so, so
0: fun to be friends with a cousin. Well, And the fact that social media has really brought us together in a different way that we knew each other from before. You know, it's funny you say that because that's exactly what I was thinking is
1: that, you know, so social media can have its problems. But one great thing for me about social media is that I've reconnected or connected for the first time with so many of our cousins and reconnected with you. And when I first saw you on Facebook, my first thought was, oh no, Karen has cancer. And then as I start to explore your podcast and your Instagram and your Facebook, I was just so blown away by how strong you are, how inspiring you are and what you have done and how you have taken um, lemons and made lemonade and just been so inspiring for other people. And oh my gosh, you're making really me tear
0: you're totally making me tear up now. Well, and not to go on a sidebar too much, but one thing that I love again is that, like, we knew each other, but we didn't really know each other because there was an age difference, and there is an age difference when you're yep. eight and versus nineteen years old, right? right? But when it comes to now, it's there's so much. the The last few times that we've gotten on the phone and we've spoke with each other, I just feel this this connection because I think our we just share some common loves and that's beyond family mm-hmm. and so it was really touching to me when we could reconnect now in adulthood and talk about life in such a meaningful way exactly and also you know
1: when i found you on facebook i had just recently been diagnosed with a really severe very rare skin disorder and i was pretty disabled for like 3 months and I was really looking to see what I could do in terms of diet and supplements and holistic and functional medicine um, to help myself. And I really believed that the, my attitude was I'm a partner in my wellness instead of a victim of my illness and you live that life. Right. And so it's been really helpful to find recipes from you and just different ways of, of living a holistic, um, healthy life. So that's wow. been really helpful to me.
0: I'm sending you a big hug through the phone because, again, I'm sorry that we have to relate on that note of having that hardship of illness. On the same note, it's brought, you know, it has brought some, do I call it beauty into our lives and the fact that we both believe in living this healthy lifestyle because it really has helped us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Today, what I want us to focus on is that you have through your practice, through your life's work, you have come up with a framework for those that are dealing with transitions. Mm -hmm. And honestly, one could argue that wherever we are in life, personally, professionally, especially now with COVID, that many people have gone through transitions or will be in the near future. So I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit about where did this framework come from? And can Mm -hmm. you explain the evolution of it?
1: Sure. Um, So about 14 years ago or so, I started running divorce support groups. And I also was running regular process groups also for clients. And I found that the people who were going through, everyone goes through some kind of trauma and divorce, whether you are the one who initiates it or not, it's a trauma. Nobody gets married wanting to one day be divorced, right? You think it's going to last forever. And although everybody was suffering through there were some clients who bounced back so much quicker and some clients who were really stuck. And I started seeing, and I had also had recently gone through my own divorce, and I started seeing what the people had in their lives who were more resilient. And they had these six facets in their life that they were looking at and they were engaging in. And so then I started looking at my general practice and other people in my practice who were going through a lot of different types of things. And sure enough, I started seeing those six facets in my other clients as well. So I came up with this idea of a diamond, like a diamond solitaire. Uh And of course, we wear a diamond when we're engaged to be married. But how can we be engaged in ourselves? Ah. So I look at each one of us as a diamond. And what we want our diamond to do is to shine, which means to be our best self. And if you look at an actual diamond solitaire, the way the diamond shines is if all the facets are clean and there's nothing in the center to block the light. And so for me, I'm thinking of, I'm I'm stereotyping here and I'm generalizing, but women tend to put their love relationships in the center of their lives and men tend to put their careers in the center of their life. And so when something goes wrong for men with their career, it's hard for them to remember the other facets that they have. It's hard to remember, but I have my health and I've got a wonderful family and I've got all these friends and we just kind of go dark. And women can do that with their love relationships. Right. So the whole purpose of this is let's not put anything in the center and let's have the light go through and work on these facets so we can be our best selves. And I guess the first thing I want to say about it is what is not one of the facets. Um, Because people will say, but you didn't put, you know, partner and you didn't put children and you didn't put parents. And those are so important to me. The reason those are not one of the facets is although those are, those relationships are so important. That's why it's not Listed as a facet because we first need to be whole within ourselves. And this is a tool for wholeness, not a tool for happiness. And when we are whole, then we can present our best selves to our partners and to our children and to our parents without being enmeshed with them, without feeling like I'm only half a person and you're half a person. And together we are whole and we are one. (laughs) That's very romantic, but it's not healthy.
0: Yes, I, I love this. Can you jump in and tell us what are the six facets?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, the first one, and it's not in any order, and also these overlap. I want to say also some of these facets overlap. So, one is physical and mental health and exercise. So, are you, um, if you have a chronic illness, are you taking care of it? Are you getting your colonoscopy when you need to? Are you exercising? Are you, Drinking water? Are you talking to a therapist if you need to? So how um, satisfied are you in that area? And this is kind of a tool first to see how satisfied you are. So one is physical and mental health and exercise. One is intellectual pursuits. So whether that if you have a paid job, are you finding it satisfying? If you don't have a paid job, are you volunteering? Um, Are you engaged in intellectual pursuits like book club or Sudoku or taking an online class? How are you stimulating yourself intellectually? One is creative pursuits. And so many of my clients will say, but I'm not creative. It's like, you might not be talented, but we're all creative. It's really creativity is how we take our soul and put it out into into the universe. And we can be creative in the way that we exercise. We can be creative in our work. Um, We can be creative in just the way we decide to put a different flower in a flower pot. It's easy to be creative. Um, Another one is friends and community. So do you have one friend that when you're feeling like, you know, you're just in your crazy place or you have really fabulous news, one friend to call? And are you part of some kind of community? Whether that's your church or synagogue or the neighbors on your street, or the parents of your kids' friends, do you feel the people in your yoga class? Like, do you feel a part of some kind of unit? Another one is spirituality, and again, people will say, "Well, I'm not spiritual or I'm not religious," and spirituality to me is about not about being religious. but it's about forgetting oneself, forgetting time and place, and having perspective. It's about looking up instead of looking down. So when we look down, we see our own hands and what they're doing. We see our own feet and the direction that they are walking. We see our laptop and the work that we are doing. Looking down, it's all about us. And we get into such a knot, right? We get we tend to get anxious because of all the things that we have to do. But when we look up, we see the clouds moving across the sky, and we remember everything changes. Life is not static. Everything moves um, constantly, and this too shall pass. And we see the birds in the sky and the trees flowing, and we remember that life goes on. So to me, spirituality is getting perspective and looking up. And then the final one is life force and sexuality. And that's about, it's not about are you having sex three and a half times a week, which not that wouldn't be a problem, but if that's not what it's about. It's about, are you comfortable in your skin? Are you aware of your own sexuality and your um, even if you're not having sex, are you confident? Do you walk with confidence when you are pre-COVID standing online at your favorite coffee shop, are you looking down at your phone or are you looking up and looking at people in the eye and saying hello? Like when you walk into a room, do you hold yourself with your shoulders back and, and introduce yourself or do you kind of cower in the corner? It's kind
0: of how you present yourself. So, wow, this is all like my mind is is thinking a mile a minute here. I have so many questions you've got these six facets and how do you use this then as a tool? I think intellectually I understand the six Mm -hmm. of them, but so I'm going through, let's, you know, just throw out any transition in life. How do you use this to help people gauge, you know, becoming whole? Okay. Great question.
1: So I have people put it down as a bar graph and Mark, how satisfied are you at this moment with your physical health and exercise. No one else can judge this except for you. So you assess yourself. So first it becomes an assessment tool and see where you're low and see where what your strengths are. And then to use it to move forward. And in one of your podcasts, I listened to Alison Jeffries and Dr. Lorenzo Cohen, and they talked about Viktor Frankl, who I like to talk about in terms uh-huh. of the six facets. Uh-huh. Um, because he talked about logotherapy, which is living a life of meaning. And in order to live a life of meaning, we have to do, we have to move forward. We have to put one step in front of the other. So this is a tool for doing that. It's a, it's a directional tool. So I have people look at their bar graph and in every column, I have them put one thing that they can do to make that line go a little higher. And it's a little thing. I don't believe in big changes because they don't last. I believe in little shifts. So for physical health and exercise, I tell people, don't go join a gym and tell yourself you're going to lose 20 pounds. Don't go on some fad diet. But tell yourself you're going to have a little bit more broccoli this week. Tell yourself you're going to just take one five-minute walk. Um, For creative pursuits, you don't have to go join an art school but just get
0: some crayons and scribble on a piece of paper. Well, I love that. When you and I spoke earlier, that was a wow moment for me in the fact that I don't always feel like I'm very creative. And definitely, explain to to the listeners here, you were talking about how sometimes when we draw, we might judge ourselves, but what's the value then of scribbling and coloring? Right.
1: So um, there's something something I um, call the scribble draw which is taking a marker and drawing a big loopy scribble. There's no problem with what that looks like, right? It's just a scribble, right? no pressure on ourselves. And then to take crayons and color in the spaces. And first of all, it looks colorful. It doesn't have to look like anything, but the neuroscience has shown that doing the left to right scribble actually decreases anxiety and depression. So even though scribbling with crayons might seem very juvenile, it's a wonderful tool for reducing stress. And I have CEOs of major companies who are sitting there and doing this for 10 minutes every day. Children are doing it. It's, it's just a wonderful, it's a wonderful tool.
0: Well, and I think I mean I love the idea of it. After that, I went and I grabbed a bunch of markers, and I'm like, I'm gonna mm. put these in my desk. Yeah. That way, if I ever <laughs> feel like frustrated or really happy, I can just scribble with glee and then color it in, like to call me whichever way I need to. But I really love when you talk about that as one of the tools of creativity, because to your point earlier, I think people oftentimes might say, "Whoa, well, I'm not creative. Like, that's not me. I don't like to be creative." They, they don't look at it as just another outlet of a way to take care of yourself.
1: Right. And if you look at Like, I would love to have an adult preschool. That's my dream, a preschool for adults. When you drop your kid off at preschool and you see all these stations, right? There's the clay station and the paint station and the building blocks and the the dress up. The kids don't sit there and say, I might not be good at that. So I'm not, they just grab the paints. They just grab the stuff and they just go to town. And I would love to encourage that with adults. Like, that's my dream. Have an adult preschool where you can just drop by and just
0: engage in art and creative outlets without worrying about being talented. Oh my goodness. You've got something there. I mean, seriously, think about, and, and maybe that that's a, a different version of, of a wellness festival because mm-hmm. I feel like a kid in a candy store. And I probably shouldn't say that since I'm a healthy living, uh, <laughs> you know, ambassador over here. I feel like, well, for me, I feel like a Karen in a Whole Foods, right? Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, Because I get so, uh, you know, Karen Fine Sullivan at Whole Foods gets so excited just seeing the broccoli or the different types of kale (laughs) that we get. But to your point, to be able to just play around, like I never thought I was good with clay. I probably had to do it in the sixth grade was Mm -hmm. the last time I probably played with clay or maybe with my kid. But I start to judge that it's no good. But whereas when you're a kid... You just wanted to have fun, and that was the goal, to enjoy yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, people will say to me, Karen, you're so talented. And I say, no, I'm not. I actually, I'm creative. I I will play the piano, I'll sing, I'll draw. I'm not really talented at any of it. Half the stuff I do, I throw away. But it's the process of engaging in it that brings me so much joy. So one other thing I just want to talk about in terms of the diamond, in terms of taking care of ourselves A lot of people think that, especially women, well, I don't want to do anything for myself because my kids need me. This person needs me. It's really important that it's kind of like putting the oxygen mask on first with a plane. If we don't take care of ourselves and we have something in our diamond that's black and that goes wrong and then we fall apart, what happens is we depend on crutches like if you're half a person because you are only focusing on your children and then they go off to college and you feel like half a person then what are you going to lean on what are you going to be what are your crutches going to be and that's where we tend to overeat or drink too much alcohol or become overly dependent on loved ones and we go into this if only if only my kid would call me i would be happier if only my husband would ask me out for a date if only my boss would give me a raise and before we look to the external, it's first important to look at your, your six facets and say, where am I low this week? Like, I'm just feeling kind of nudgy this week. I don't know what it is, but I'm just kind of feeling out of sorts. Oh, you know what? I really haven't exercised much this week. Or I really haven't engaged in friendship. Let me just text a friend. Let's just get together with a friend. So needing people is a strength, but being needy is a weakness. So this is first, look at yourself, look at what you can do for yourself before you reach out and have expectations of others to help make you whole.
0: Oh, I mean, that's so, there's so much strength in your message and in this framework, because I look at this and I look at the various times in my life when I've had hardship, like clearly my cancer diagnosis, as well as. Living with stage four, but also in just in in dealing with covid, mm-hmm. there have been there have been times that I think we all feel lonely and similar in different different ways. Yeah, I think we're missing what was and wishing what could be Absolutely. but in a in a kind of sad way. and and I'll say I have jumped in to do some of these things. and maybe, My reason for doing the exercise originally was because one, you know, I know it's good as someone living with cancer to be active. And when it's cold, it's, I I could exercise inside versus outside. But I'll tell you, I can't tell you how many times I have been on my spin bike where I just start bawling. It's like a release for me. I don't even mean to, but maybe I hear a song that comes on and it gives me, this sense of release. So, so I think my point with this is so much of what you're talking about has so many benefits that we know of or that we intend to, to have, but then also some other things that just kind of come out that help us put one foot in front of the other and get through whatever hardship that might be.
1: Karen, I can't believe what you just said about crying on your spin bike because I bike outside, I, I have a regular bike, and since the pandemic, there's been three times where I've ridden my bike and I just start sobbing, and it's just the release of the grief yes. that we're all yes. going through, and um, it's just amazing that you said that because that's exactly where it comes <laughs> out for me, is where I'm when I'm riding my bike, but you know, so my my partner of five years. Um, broke up with me about four months before the pandemic because he couldn't deal with the limitations of my illness. So that was really hard. So I had that and then the pandemic hit and I really went into a dark place of feeling totally claustrophobic. And I kept thinking of all the things I could no longer do. I like to socialize. I like to have people over. I get I get together with family. I'm blessed to have family nearby. I couldn't hug my kids. I couldn't have them in my house. I couldn't have my parents in my house, and I I couldn't see my clients in person. Like I love my work. It's so I love it, and I feel so honored to do it. And I couldn't be in the presence of my clients. And I just got into a hole until I finally one day said to myself. Okay. Instead of focusing on what I can't do, right. let's focus on what I can do. And this was before we realized that, like, we it would be safe to walk with a friend if you're both wearing masks and yes. you're distance. So I said, okay, every Friday, I'm going to take myself on a field trip. I'm going to drive yeah. here and go hiking over there, and I started making a ritual of it. Um, and that's another thing about the six facets is in order to remember the things to do in each facet, if we can turn it into a ritual. So, um, you know, if we're going to decide to walk more for physical health and exercise, try to walk every Tuesday with a friend. If we're going to remember to, um, I don't know, do some kind of intel- intellectual pursuit, then maybe have a book club once a month on a Monday, or do a Sudoku every Thursday before bed, like try to ritualize the things you're doing. Um, but I ended up using the six facets during the pandemic. And, you know, for volunteering, I started making greeting cards um, from my mother's, my mother's a wonderful watercolor artist. So I took her artwork and I made greeting cards with it and I sold them to make money for the homeless people who didn't have a place to go during the pandemic. Um, for Creative Pursuits, I started making a quilt for my niece and I started sewing masks for family members. Um, I already told you about the fi- Friday field trips where I yeah. would engage in exercise. Yeah. And for work, I started an Instagram, a new Instagram. I started doing the webinars with, um, and both of those were about coping with anxiety and finding hope. So I started using the six facets to move forward and to have a direction. It doesn't mean I wasn't still depressed. I've got to be honest. There's, I mean, sometimes I still just have days where it just feels, it all just feels overwhelming. And one thing I love about you is that you're so positive and you have, you give so much inspiration, but on your Instagram, you'll just say, you know what, this is just a bad day. I'm having a hard day. I'm not, I love that because it's real. These yeah. things don't save us, but they give us direction to move forward during a hard time and helps us get through the transition.
0: Well, and and again, this connection that you and I have is is so strong because inherently, I think who we are. I clearly, I feel that that same way. Like life, especially when you're going through hardship, is not easy and. Yes, I am like Sally Sunshine a lot, trying to smile and trying to find the good in things, but I have bad days. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the world is allowed to have bad days. What has helped me and clearly has helped you and many of your clients and patients is that you have tools, is that there are Mm -hmm. tools out there for people. And this framework is one of them, that when you're feeling stuck, when you're feeling sad, when you're feeling a little hopeless... It's a way to try and put one foot in front of the other. That doesn't mean overnight we're going to have like leprechauns and unicorns jumping over rainbows and throwing, you know, you know big bowls or what are they called? Mm-hmm. Those big pots of gold at us. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to envision something like really pretty to me, I think right now. <laughs> and that's where that visualization came from. But, it, but having a tool like this, it sounds like it's been incredibly helpful for those that you work with as well as for you. And it, it gives us, if nothing else, hope.
1: Yes, I think so. And and so many, especially here in Silicon Valley, where I live, there's so many people in the tech industry and they they like tools. They like things. They like to be able to measure. They like to be able to say, yes, I increased in this. You know, Where am I? How can I measure myself? And so it gives them something tangible. So I, I like that about it.
0: So you already I was going to ask you when you're going through your hardship, which, you know, we just talked a little bit about that. And, you know, I know when you first did get the diagnosis um, originally with some of your health hurdles, what is it that makes you happy even during these whatever the dark times might be? So you will really appreciate this. Um, I
1: don't know if I I can't say it makes me happy, but one thing that really, really helped me with my illness is that about seven years before coming down with the illness, I started a gratitude practice and keeping a gratitude journal every night. And when I had my illness and people would come to visit me and they would say, Oh, why aren't you depressed? Like you can't even leave your house. And I'd say, well, I'm not in the hospital. I'm in my house, you know. And and you, but you can't work. I'm like, no. But now I can read the books that I didn't want to read. And and Karen, that's not like me. Okay, I normally am just like I fetch about things. Right. You know, I'll look at <laughs> the dark side. I'm kind of prone to look at the dark side. But the gratitude journal really gave me perspective because it's not just keeping the journal at night it's then it changes how we look at things during the day we start yes. noticing things yes. right you uh-huh. start taking a moment and saying oh i love how the light is hitting that tree you just start becoming aware of different of the beauty in the world yes. and that is so helpful so the gratitude has really helped me during really hard times and what makes me happy like out of the six facets the thing that helps me the most is being out in nature. I hike my tush off. I, I hike so much. Um, it gives me perspective. I love the smell of the earth, especially when it's wet. I'll go hiking in the rain. I go hiking with friends so I can engage with them at the same time that I'm being out in nature. It gives me wonderful perspective. It makes my issues seem so puny and absurd in relation to the vastness of the
0: universe. Like, it just
1: it just uplifts me. It helps me.
0: I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to just throughout the year of of interviews with this podcast alone have talked about healing or talked about happiness and how nature has helped them. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, I, I will laugh at myself because I remember back in the day being a little kid and hating science class or hating when we had to go to Carver Park. And I've talked about this before. It was this, I'm sure, a beautiful uh, state park where we would have a scavenger hunt. We'd look for bugs and things like that. And now I yearn to go back to Carver Park and to look at bugs and look for things. And so I do it in my own way, of course, out here on the East Coast. But I feel it myself now Mm -hmm. in the last several years, For those who are new to me, my story, my health stories, a lot of people know I'm a two-time cancer survivor, living and thriving with stage four disease. Uh, But before my second cancer diagnosis, I spent about 20 years in corporate. I worked in sports and entertainment, and I loved it and slash, but I was a workaholic. And so I kind of joked around that I lived in this town in Connecticut that I never had been to the beach for seven years. And it was a mile away because I was so used to jumping in my car and driving on I-95 up to Bristol, Connecticut, or taking a few other highways to get there and then driving back. And then on the weekends, my husband and I would go out to dinner or do whatever we did. I wasn't connected with nature. However, when I got the second diagnosis and I needed to just spend some time with myself and just think through what I had just heard, for some reason, my body drove myself to that beach that I never went to. And it was actually the second time I had been there. And I sat out and I just like looked, being able to look at like serene waters, or even when they're, you know, not so beautiful and calm, I felt like I was a part of something outside of myself. And it, it, it also kind of shifted that energy. Like I was pent up, I was stressed out. I was Filled with anxiety at the time because, hey, I didn't know if I was going to live four months or four decades. Mm -hmm. But there was something about, like, I felt like I was surrounded by love, if that makes any sense. And that's what I'm hearing from so many people as well on this. And I love what you just said about how it shifts your energy. That's exactly what it does. Yes. That's the perfect term for it. That's why I think that so many wellness advocates, experts, medical professionals, whoever they might be, they, they do tell us to, if you're sitting at your desk right now listening to this podcast working, get up, take a, a, a walk outside, even if it's for, I think the New York Times article just said, even 11 minutes mm-hmm. walking outside can reap positive health benefits. And- well, and it's so
1: symbolic too, right? To put one foot in front of the other. Yes, right. Exactly. There's just such, such
0: wonderful symbolism
1: in walking. It just is moving us forward and it's giving us exercise, but the symbolism is just perfect.
0: So if you could give one bit of advice, you've got the six facets. It's an amazing tool. I love that the, the symbol of a diamond and I'm thinking of a diamond. If there's somebody listening right now that's just going through a hard time and whatever transition they might be, what what would you like to say to them? I'd like to say, look up. Just those
1: two words, look up. You don't have to go on an eight mile hike. Go into your backyard, put on a jacket if it's cold and just look up at the trees. Just breathe the fresh air. Get out of your house, get out of your apartment, get out of wherever you are. If you can't, you know, if you are immobile and you're in a wheelchair, look out the window for 10 minutes and do some slow, deep breathing. But just just look up, look up, look out instead of looking
0: inward. I love that. I like Seriously, I'm closing my eyes right now and I'm thinking about how I want to look up. I want to go outside when it's dark and not so cold here and look up at the stars. There's something to me that I just, I I think it was when I went to summer. Oh, I'm going to tear up right now when I went to Mm. summer camp. (laughs) And I don't know how, how I got here, but literally closing my eyes and we used to, lie down and look up at the stars at night when Mm -hmm. we were counselors. And, and I just have really great memories of that. So you feel, you know, in this case, Hey, looking up, I'm looking up at the stars, the same ones I looked at as kids, the same ones that you across the country might be looking at. So I am, wow, I'm grateful for that. I'm going to use that.
1: Yeah. Um, I tell my clients, just take a blanket, put it under a tree in your backyard and just lay on it and look up for 10 minutes. It's amazing what that does. And I do that myself. It really, it really helps me.
0: Thank you. I, I, I can't wait to be texting you in weeks to come. So <laughs> guess what I just guess what I just did tonight. <laughs> um, I am so grateful, and on so many levels, for this you know rekindling of friendship, of family-ship, That's not a word. I'm just making it up. <laughs> of this connection that we have, Karen with a C and Karen with a K connecting again. And as you know, as you talked about, I now want to do the ritual with you that I do at the end of all the podcast episodes, as well as what I do with my son at night, which is play what I call the Grateful Game. So I am assuming that you will play with me. Absolutely. All right. So, for those of you that are new to me and to Happiness Through Heart to the podcast, with each episode, I end it playing what we call the grateful game. A few years ago, when my son was nine. I came home with a gratitude journal. And, like Karen had talked about, it starts out where maybe you're just writing a list down of things that you're grateful for. But as it evolves, oftentimes the process is you look in your day to day to see what's around you and what that what you love or what, the, what you're grateful for. And my son Kyle and I do this most nights before we go to bed, and it has truly been a light in my day. And so it naturally has become a huge part of the podcast as well. So I will kick it off, Karen, and let's say we'll do it for a minute each, and we'll see who comes up with more ideas of what they're grateful <laughs> for and why. Okay. You're right. All right so I am going to start. So I have to say that I am so grateful for you and for being here and willing to be on this podcast beyond all the right reasons, which are thank you for your knowledge and thank you for your passion. But I'm also grateful for the fact that you and I have been sending each other, okay, here's, I'm going to cry, get pictures back and forth of my grandfather. Yeah. And it means so much to me because my grandpa Lou, was the first of my grandparents to pass away. I was in my early twenties mm. and I guess I never really thought about death that deeply then until I lost him. Mm. And and he was young. He, he was, he was young. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, but for those who don't, I actually named my son after him, he's Kyle Lewis Sullivan for Grandpa Lou. So it has been such a joy to not just see the pictures, but to hear from you. Because I get the stories from my mom. I get the stories from my family and that, that I've been speaking to clearly for for years. But to have somebody who I haven't talked to for a while share those pictures of Grandpa Lou has really warmed my heart. So mm. thank you for that. All right, so I'm coming upon a minute. I'll do one more. I'm on a less sen- uh, sentimental note uh, for those of you that know, I am a, I love eating clean. I love le- living a healthy lifestyle. Um, but I also do love to find little substitutions or things that work for me. And I do drink, but I drink red organic wine. And mm-hmm. I found something new, which is these clean crafted wines that I just had delivered to me today. So I'm excited for tonight for my husband and I to have a glass of wine together. So I'm, great. I'm grateful for that. So I'm tossing it to you. Okay, before I do it, I just need to first respond to something that you said. Um,
1: so your grandparents, I loved seeing them in Brooklyn when I would visit my grandparents. But I just want to tell you, I don't know about you, but my grandparents and your grandparents did not call me Karen. I don't know if they called you Karen, but they called me Karen. Karen, darling. Oh, yes. <laughs> Karen, darling. Come over here. Let me, let me. Pinch of cheeks. Um, So, anyway, it was just just that whole whole generation. And your grandfather and my grandmother were brother and sister, and they were one of, um, there were two of 13. The the first two passed away when they were very little. And the last one, our Aunt Pesci, um, she's the last of all the siblings, and she's in a memory care unit right now. And um, it's been so wonderful to stay connected to her because she connects me to all to your grandfather and my grandmother and to that whole generation. So okay,
0: I'm still crying.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: It it, it warms my heart so much. And I, though, I mean, she's been out on the West coast with you guys. So I know that you have probably a a richer relationship with her than I do, but I wrote her letters for, um, for years as, as well. So I know that we, my mom has, As well as my dad, but we're talking about my mom's family here has felt that really close connection with her father's um, siblings and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then her cousins that way. So, so we did write a lot of letters for a while. Oh, that's great. I didn't know that. That's wonderful. Okay. So my, my gratitude. Um,
1: I am so grateful for social media, for reconnecting us. It's yes. just been such a joy. And I, like I said, I love having you as my cousin and as my new friend. Yes. Um, I'm so grateful for my hikes with friends. I'm so grateful for playing tennis with my dad and my walks with my mom. I'm so grateful to have family nearby, my brother and his wife and three kids who I just, um, I just adore. I'm grateful for my creative pursuits. And I'm really grateful um, for the COVID vaccine. Yes, <laughs> that's that's. I'm just. I'm so grateful for the COVID vaccine, um, and I'm grateful to be in California where it's not quite so cold.
0: Oh, I wish I was out there with you. And you clearly won. But as my mom would say to me, I don't know about yours. It's not so much whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game, Karen. Absolutely. Although my mom would say, Karen, too. Karen, because it was an East Coaster. <laughs> um, uh, you know, or. Karen Michelle she would say to me and thank you again thank you Karen for being for being on where if people want to follow your professional uh, pursuits where should we have them connect with you
1: um, my website is karengouldmft.com um i can't remember what my instagram <laughs> my new instagram is called i think it's called therapy for a balanced life
0: but and I, I will want... put it in the in the show notes as well. So if anybody's okay. listening or wants to check it out, you can check out the links, whether it's on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on or on my website, prettywellness.com.
1: And I want to just thank you so much for having me on. It's such a pleasure. It's an honor. And it's just such a joy to be reconnected. So thank you so much.
0: Well, and again, I'm sending you a big virtual hug through the phone, through the microphone. And for all of you listeners out there, whether it's some of my family members, I'm giving you a big shout out and a big special hug. And for all the listeners who have made happiness through hardship, such a a beautiful, wonderful place to share stories and inspire others to know that we always can have hope that we can find ways in this episode, we're finding tools that can help us put one foot in front of the other and know that through not just my story, not just my cousin Karen's story, but through all these stories, there is a way to find a little bit of joy during whatever journey and hardship you're going going through in life. So thanks again for connecting with us. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us too. If you love us, they might as well. And now, my parting words. I love Karen's six facets on how to be whole. It is a wonderful tool to utilize when going through any hardship. In fact, I find tools helpful in so many areas of my life, and I want to hear from you as well. Do you have a favorite tool or even an activity that helps you de-stress or calms you during hard times? Please share this with us. If you go to prettywellness on Instagram and let us know, we would love to share your tools with our community as well. Thank you again for joining us today. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.